1: live in Chicago, Nashville, or Philadelphia, then you've probably seen several ads for an organization called FIRE, between billboards, TV commercials, and radio spots. FIRE seems to be following us wherever we go. But what's the deal behind this big campaign? Is there an ulterior motive here? Well, FIRE, first off, is an acronym for the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, and it's a nonprofit It brands itself as an advocate for free speech, defending those who have been silenced or punished for expressing their thoughts and opinions.
2: FIRE has been around since 1999 and for 23 years has defended the individual rights of students and faculty members on America's college and university campuses. We've done it through multifaceted programming, educational outreach, legislative and policy initiatives, as well as litigation. And in 2022, we expanded our mission to all Americans where we defend all Americans' free speech rights wherever they might be violated.
1: That's Nico Perino, executive vice president of FIRE. Before June of last year, the E in FIRE stood for education rather than expression. The group's work has long focused on college campuses defending the First Amendment rights of students and professors on both sides of the political aisle.
2: Last year, for example, we defended the rights of pro-choice student on campus at American University here in Washington, D.C., when that student was put under investigation by the university administration for a heated exchange he had with a pro-life student. At the same time that we're defending the rights of pro-choice students to advocate for pro-choice beliefs, we're also defending the rights of students who advocate for pro-life beliefs. So at that same time, we were at University of North Carolina defending a pro-life student group that lost funding from the student government because of their beliefs. And in both cases, we were successful in vindicating the free speech and association rights of those student groups.
1: While FIRE is still doing work in these spaces, they've expanded their mission to defend the free speech rights of all Americans. Why the change? Perino says that censorship issues are also growing in broader society. This shift in focus, which happened last year, is a big reason for the group's aggressive ad and digital marketing campaign that cost them a whopping $10
2: million. In order to find the cases off campus, we needed to ensure that people knew who we are so they would come to us so we could help them. And one of the tactics that we have used and found to be somewhat successful are going surround sound in individual cities and just kind of blanketing the market with fire messaging. And pairing the brand name FIRE with free speech. So when people do have a rights violation that comes up, they think back to the time they saw that billboard or that television ad, and they go to the FIRE.org and submit their case. You can't be America's leading free speech organization if people don't know who you are.
1: While the organization seems to be doing well, it does have its fair share of critics. One opponent is Steve Masick, a professor of communication and media studies at North Central College. He believes there's another reason behind FIRE's rebrand.
0: I think it has to do with the fact that the American Civil Liberties Union, which has traditionally been the foremost defender of civil liberties of the First Amendment and for our First Amendment rights in the country, has sort of shifted its focus away from speech expression issues to things like voting rights.
1: And while the ACLU skews more liberal, Masick believes that FIRE leans conservative, even though they label themselves as nonpartisan.
0: People who have given them funding are the Scaife Foundation, the Bradley Foundation, which is famous for pushing charter schools and trying to privatize public education. And then, of course, the Koch brothers. I think we should all be suspicious of them just because of who bankrolls them.
1: Masik recognizes that FIRE has previously represented left-wing student groups and college faculty. However, he says there's one flaw in their focus. Each year, FIRE publishes a list of the worst colleges and universities for free speech. The group has disapproved of schools both big and small, private and public, and from every region of the country. But a particular type of
0: school seems to be safe from their list. The one area where they're incredibly inconsistent and something that I have publicly criticized the group for is the schools, the colleges and universities that have the worst climate for speech, that are the most repressive of students and most consistently violate the rights to association and expression are conservative, evangelical Christian colleges and universities. And they say nothing about the Liberty Universities of the world, the Wheaton Colleges of the world, Liberty University actually at one point banned. There was a group of students who wanted to form a campus Democrat club, and they banned them from campus, saying it was inconsistent with the mission of the call. The, the fire has been historically silent <laughs> about those violations of people's free speech rights because their argument is, well, these are private colleges and they can do whatever they want.
1: In response, Perino says he hears this all the time. He admits that the group tends to take on more cases defending conservatives instead of liberals. But in his opinion, it's because they're more likely to be censored. He adds that FIRE has also spoken out against Republican politicians before, the most recent one being Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Earlier this year, FIRE condemned his Stop Woke Act, which bans topics related to race and gender being taught in schools. Perino
2: tells critics to look at FIRE's past casework. We have defended pro-Obama students, pro-Bernie Sanders students, pro-Trump students, pro mitt Romney students throughout our history. One of the things you'd like to see, or one of the things you hate to see, in fact, one of the things you do see is that people criticize us for having conservative donors. We also have liberal donors. We also have progressive donors. We do receive funding from traditionally conservative or libertarian foundations, but we also receive funding from the Playboy Foundation or Bloomberg. And if you are a truly nonpartisan free speech organization, wouldn't you have donors from across the political and ideological spectrum?
1: With the 2024 presidential election heating up, the group hopes to get involved in this avenue as well. Perino expects more Americans to face free speech violations as they support a particular party or candidate.
2: Every election cycle, we see censorship of political speakers. Going back to 2008 at the University of Illinois, we defended the rights of faculty members who were told that they could not participate in political activities on campus, including wearing a pin or a button or even having a bumper sticker on their car. In 2012, we defended a student who was forced to remove a flyer from their dormitory door that criticized presidential candidates, Mitt Romney and Barack Obama. In 2016, we defended students at American University and Georgetown University who were told that they could not campaign for the candidate of their choice. We expect to see similar censorship in the 2024 election cycle.
1: It's important to note that this election season will be different for FIRE as they're gearing up to represent everyone whose speech has been restricted, not just college students or faculty. Masik is still skeptical and says that if the organization truly wants to be the leading defender of free speech, it must take a look at current blind spots. However, he does give them some credit on recent cases but says only time will show the true motivations of this mysterious group. To find out more about FIRE and our guests, Nico Perino, Steve Masick, and all our featured guests, visit viewpointsradio.org. For more behind the scenes, check out Viewpoints Radio on Instagram, Facebook, and X. This segment was written and produced by our associate producer, Grace Galanti. Our executive producer is Amira Zaveri. Our studio manager is Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Coming up next week.
2: We've been on a declining course where we have fewer ties, fewer neighbors we know, fewer friendships, fewer belonging to local associations. What's causing record rates of isolation and loneliness? And what can we do about it? Then?
1: I think the tricky thing is that we look at deep loss as a transformational gauntlet and that's not fair some things just hurt some things just suck dealing with the tsunami of grief after loss i'm marty peterson
2: and i'm gary price these stories in depth on your public affairs magazine viewpoints and
1: that's viewpoints for this week